Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, Aaron Rodgers' MVP train remains on track. Devontae Adams breaks his single-season receptions record. A.J. Dillon scores twice. And the Packers absolutely throttle the Minnesota Vikings here at Lambeau Field. 37-10, Green Bay finishes the regular season undefeated at home. Two more wins. And the Packers will represent the NFC in Super Bowl 56. Welcome in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella now, pay later at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That means five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik, I'll be joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee. We'd love to hear from you as well at 855-616-1620. We'll take your calls until 1 o'clock here on the Packers Radio Network. Talking about not only the Packers' win, but all of the occurrences here in the world of the NFL leads the Packers to being the number one seed. The win today, coupled with the Cowboys' loss to the Arizona Cardinals earlier today. And what's done is now done, Wayne, for the second consecutive year. The Packers will have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Really took care of business tonight. Yeah, they really did, Greg. And rarefied air, isn't it, that you could get this, um, you know, top seed two years in a row that's that's really difficult to do uh, you know it, and the Packers have been able to do that so uh, you know for the second year in a row the road to the Super Bowl and the NFC comes through Lambeau Field and I think it's a great uh, testament to what uh, the Packers have done Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and um, you know Matt LaFleur the coaching staff the entire roster I thought Brian Gutekunst did a tremendous year he should get a lot of consideration for executive of the year in the NFL and uh, no this was just great now again hey the Vikings under man a lot of teams are undermanned at this time of year you got covid problems you have injury problems um you know hey the packers have played most of this year without david bakhtiari zid uh you know zedaria smith and jair alexander and they played without those players again tonight so um everybody's got their issues and their problems i don't see i don't know about you but i don't see an absolute dominant knockout like this team, unless they really screw it up, they can't lose. There's no dominant team like that in the NFL this year. And all you had to do is look at the last two weeks or three weeks of this season, especially in the NFC, to see Tampa Bay getting shut out at home by um, New Orleans and, and to see uh, all these teams struggling today just to get a win. The Rams on the road. I mean, people you know, downgrade the Packers for their close, uh, the way they hung on and, and were able to win at Baltimore. The Rams should have gotten beat today by Baltimore. and They were tr- losing all day. Darn lucky to get a win. Uh, Tampa Bay took right down to the wire against the Jets, you know. Um, and, and boy, Antonio Brown, wow. Huh? Yeah. Have you ever seen anything like that in your I, life? No, I've never seen a player walk off the field, take his shoulder pads off, and really half of his uniform. I thought he was he a streaker walked. when I saw the video, you know what I mean? It was mid drive. 
<laughs> it wasn't even at halftime. He stayed in the locker room. So that is a very like bizarre situation. And they're playing without Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. So yeah. all of a sudden, they're down Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown is not coming back. And, so. and uh, playoff Lenny is, is injured at the moment. Um, but, no, you know, and they're still a good team. But uh, all I'm saying is that it's kind of wide open, you know what I mean, sure this year? Is. And so that home field advantage, and Matt LaFleur has talked about this, the, the fact, okay, last year it was an advantage, don't get me wrong, but you're talking about, what, ten or 15,000 fans in the stands? They're going to have 80,000 here for the playoff games. So I think it's it's maybe a little more important than it usually is. But but it does not guarantee anything, Greg. It guarantees that you'll be able to get an extra week of rest. I would imagine with Aaron Rodgers, you're probably not going to see him play until that divisional playoff game. You know what I mean? Uh, you're going to get uh, injured players a little more time to get healthy. But um, it doesn't guarantee you anything. John Kuhn and I were talking about this earlier you know, we've seen road teams, <laughs> Packers for one in 2010, the Buccaneers last year, uh, go on the road and just sweep the road uh, games and get to the Super Bowl and win. So it doesn't guarantee you're going to get to the Super Bowl, but I would rather play at home. I don't know about you yeah. than play on the road. <laughs> so, I like, I'll, I'll take the drive instead of a flight, that's yeah, for sure. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I think your point is well taken, Wayne. You know, we've seen some teams stumble here in the NFC, and the Cardinals were on kind of a slide, and they, mm-hmm. they rebounded against the Dallas team that appeared to be sort of taking flight again, and then Dak has kind of a regression, and Ezekiel Elliott rushes for barely 30 yards, and it's like, well, wait a minute, what's going on with Dallas now? The Packers are winning these games that we have head-scratching moments over. Exactly. You know, they're still winning. The Packers are the only team of the contenders that continue to win down the stretch in the NFC. You know, I've watched the Rams the last couple of weeks because they played the Vikings last week, so I was watching the tape, and, you know, the Rams last week, and then I watched their game today, and they're they're just uh, you know I thought and again they've won and they're going to win what four or five games here in a row and people are going to start saying well they kind of like the Buccaneers last year getting together down the stretch but they're really not playing that well you know what I mean uh, Tampa Bay late last year after they got blown out by New Orleans started to really put it together and they they were impressive down the stretch this Rams team they're they're winning but they're it. it, it it's not like they're scaring anybody, and yet they have the best top-line talent. I mean, you talk about superstars. You know, they've got that. Now, they may not have the depth of a Dallas or even a Green Bay, but they have the top-line talent. Dallas has a very good roster throughout. Um, you know, Arizona was just due to win, okay? That was a bad spot. If I was a gambler, if I was one of these guys in Vegas, I'd be saying, oh, I know Dallas is home, and I know Arizona's lost three in a row bad time to play Arizona. It just was. And then, by the way, Kyler Murray is 6-0 and in that stadium. Three state championships in that stadium for Kyler Murray, you know. Um, so it's just uh, it's interesting, but I think we're wide open this year. Um, even in the AFC, there's nobody head and shoulders. Kansas City loses at uh, Cincinnati, and uh, boy, that Bengals team's a nice team. I was really impressed with them when we saw them out there, and I'm you know even more impressed. They had some downtime in the middle of the season, but uh, the way they've recovered, and Joe Burrow and company, they've got a good young team, Greg. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But you know, you get Kansas City, Buffalo kind of getting it together here as we go down the stretch, and it's going to be very interesting here in this month of January. Yeah, somehow the Eagles have snuck into the playoffs here with uh, the Vikings losing How about tonight, that? so you know, yeah, yeah. It, and this is this is where you need you know some Tylenol and a glass of whiskey and maybe some ulcer medication to try and figure out all the playoff scenarios. Uh, but what we know is this: uh, the road to Super Bowl Fifty Six will route through 
Green Bay. And with respect to our friends across the pond in Detroit, I don't mind taking a little bit more of a global, holistic view of what's going on <laughs> in the NFC here. It, it's going to be the Tim Boyle Jordan Love Show, for all I know, uh, coming up in about a week. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us. Uh, we will get some phone calls coming in on the other side. Uh, I also want to get you updated on what has happened here around the NFL. Remember, full slate of games today, no more yeah. bye weeks. Uh, you didn't have any Saturday games. That's going to change next week. So uh, it was all about football today with one game left to go. Let's get you an update here. It's presented by Cousin Subs. Our look around the league. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Let's start in Dallas, shall we? The Cowboys were suddenly hot, but hosting the suddenly not so hot Arizona Cardinals. Packers fans cheering for the team in red today. Much to the light of uh, Green Bay fans, the Cardinals never trail. Tyler takes the snap. Short set. Lobs it deep near side at the one-yard line. Oh, what a catch! Antoine Wesley into the end zone for a touchdown! How did he pull that down? And how about the toss by Kyler Murray? A huge score for the Cardinals early in the third. Cardinals Radio Network with the call. It's one of two TD receptions on the day for Antoine Wesley. That made it 19-7. The Cowboys did fight back, scoring in the fourth, 15 points in the fourth, as a matter of fact. Arizona able to melt the clock, however, to end the game. 25-22 to final. Arizona remains alive in its quest to win the NFC West. Strangest thing I saw all day award goes to Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown who decided to take half his clothes off and leave MetLife Stadium during Tampa's win over the Jets. Well, Gene, you got a big third down coming up, and we have an incident down here with Antonio Brown. He is upset about something, Gene, and I've never seen this. He has taken his uniform, his shoulder pads off, and he has run to the Buccaneer locker room. So we'll get you an update. He's not hurt. He has decided to run to the locker room on his own. And that's about it for Antonio Brown in a Buccaneers uniform. Bruce Arians gave him a lifeline last year and again this year after his fake vaccination card. He did say after the game, Arians, that Antonio Brown is no longer a member of the Buccaneers. Meanwhile, Tampa trailed 24-20 with less than two minutes left in the game. Tom Brady took over from the 7-yard line. No timeouts. Well, predictably, you know what happened. Brady looking, cocks the arm, throws toward the end zone. Receiver open, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Tampa Bay! Buccaneers take the lead for the first time of the game! Grayson makes the catch of the end zone! Buccaneers lead, 26-24! Tom Brady, you're terrific! They would it. They would add a two-point conversion. Gene Deckerhoff with the call, Buccaneers Radio Network. Now the Jets had the ball at the seven-yard line on a fourth and two. Robert Sala decided to go for it instead of kicking a field goal that could have preserved the win. Tampa Bay earns the win instead, 28-24, and they improved to 12-4 and with that victory. Elsewhere around the lead today was the Bills over the Falcons, 29-15. Bears all over the Giants, 29-3. You heard Wayne mention it. The Bengals upset the Kansas City Chiefs, 34-31. The Bengals are going to win that AFC North division. The Chiefs, meanwhile, fall to 11-5. and The Titans are the top seed all of a sudden in the AFC. 34-3 the final. They hammered the Dolphins. Raiders of the Colts, 23-20. Patriots absolutely annihilate the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 50-10 to improve to 10-6. and With the Eagles' 2016 win over the Washington football team, coupled with the Vikings' loss today, all of a sudden Philadelphia is in the playoff hunt here at 9-7. They are in as of today. Rams over the Ravens, 20-19. It was the Chargers outlasting the Broncos, 34-13. In the Bay Area, Trey lands with the start, and the Niners earn the victory, 23-7. 
and it was the Panthers falling to the Saints by a score of 18-10. to Packers will face the Lions in the regular season finale. They were blown out today in Seattle, 51-29. The final, it'll be the Browns and Steelers on Monday Night Football. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. In the shotgun on third and ten from the 25, Mannion takes the snap. Steps up, scrambles left, now he's hit and thrown down again! Preston Smith this time makes the hit back near the 20-yard line. Second sack of the night, five-yard loss, fourth down, Minnesota. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Greg Matzik, Wayne Larravee with you. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program tonight. Uh, you heard the highlight, Wayne. Uh, nice call, by the way, the Preston Smith Preston Smith sack. Thank you. Of, <laughs> of At least I could do. Yeah, one of he a, made a nice play. <laughs> he did. One of a couple sacks on the day for the Packers. Uh, they knocked Mannion down uh, five times on the afternoon. Tackles for loss uh, was nice here today. You know, I, the Packers... On defense, we, we started to see a little slide. It started with that Minnesota game back in Week 10. I agree. You know, giving up points, hemorrhaging yards on the ground especially. Uh, we saw what the Browns did uh, on Christmas, racking up over 200 yards on the ground. Baltimore ran well. Chicago ran well against Green Bay. I, the Vikings didn't have an aerial attack tonight. They did not. But but give the Packers credit here for shutting down a guy who has beat them up pretty handily over the years, and that's Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, yes. And, and the Vikings knew they had to lean on Delvin Cook, and they tried to early on, and the Packers had none of it. Um, the thing that, you know, Greg, you and I were just talking, forget about X's and O's, because let's be honest, unless you're a coach and a former player, and, and, and you know, you have no business talking X's and O's, and I have no business talking X's and O's. So um, I'm just going to say, what about the eye test? Because that's what the scouts talk about. You know, it's not just X's and O's, the eye test. Did they pass the eye test tonight? I thought the Packers did. Now, would the game have been different with Kirk Cousins in there? Sure it would have been. Um, would the Vikings have been more competitive? Yes, they probably would have passed for many more yards, a couple of touchdowns, that type of thing. But the Packers tonight, um, defensively, they were on it. Okay, uh, Dalvin Cook, sure, he was he's hemmed in on the ground. But even when they went to the air, to the short passes, you know, because they weren't getting much done on the ground, so you go to the short passing game, and that didn't work either because pass will be caught and the tackle will be made. And so yards after catch, minuscule tonight for Minnesota in many respects. And so um, I thought the Packers' defense passed the eye test tonight. I thought that was an excellent performance. There was a really interesting few moments, I think. First quarter especially, it felt to me like, I was starting to get those feelings off, like, come on, you you just got to finish the drive. Don't let this team hang around. They're not playing with their quarterback. Don't give them any energy. They're on life support right now. And it, it felt like, you know, the field goal that sort of stopped the drive, the Packers couldn't get in um, in that situation. They, they went for it on a fourth down, and that didn't work out, so they were turned away. And you're feeling like it's a dominant performance being built, but it's 3 nothing. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, it just felt like you, you, we've seen it before, right? You just can't let a team hang around. Thankfully, it, it wasn't the case, but those were some early thoughts I had. Got to finish. Couldn't finish in the red zone early on. You know, it's funny. I, at halftime, I'm looking at the stats in Aaron Rodgers, and they're pretty good. And <laughs> I said, Larry McCarron, I don't think he's really gotten lathered up yet. You know what I mean? It just didn't feel like they had ever really gotten into a rhythm offensively until the third quarter. And again, you know, it's funny because I asked Matt LaFleur about this in the pregame today. Um, you know, I said, yeah, hey, listen opening drives, first possessions, 
you guys are really struggling this year, and, and yet start of the second half, you guys are dominant. You're yeah. killing it there. And, and he said, you know, and it's funny because he said, it was exactly the opposite last year. We were great out of the gate, and we couldn't do anything to start the third quarter. So I, I don't know what that means, but, um, you know, at least the Packers are good at one of those things. And I, guess, I guess that helps. But uh, I thought it wasn't until the third quarter where they really started to hit a rhythm offensively and got things going and, and um, you know, uh, but tonight, believe me, all of us were concerned about and looking at the defensive performance, and I thought the defense was great tonight. I really did. Let's grab a phone call here. Chris in Fond du Lac, you're first up on Packers OT. Hi, Chris. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate it. I uh, just wanted to talk about the old line a little bit. Um, you know, they've been pretty good. You know, we're missing, what, four out of the five day one guys? And, you yeah. know, with Bach hopefully coming back. Um, you know, he's a plug-and-play, obviously. But, you know, if Myers is able to come back, I mean, what do you think about the continuity and, like, how they've played? I mean, is you know, would they put him in or how would that look? And then yeah. the second part of the question is... I, I, I'm going to build um, on that, Chris. I, I, don't, oh, I, I don't know if it is plug-and-play with David Bobby. I don't think so. No. If he can't go in the regular season... Yeah. Do you do you put him out there for no, a no, playoff I, I, game? I, well, <laughs> me personally, what? Uh, yeah, probably not. For I would not, but the Packers might. I I don't know, but um, I will say this: I I don't know if he's really close to coming back. I don't know if he'll be ready next week. He might be ready for the first playoff game, but you know, Greg, you're talking about a, a situation where you got to take a guy like that, and even a guy as good as he is, and put him in in a playoff situation okay we're not talking ramping up the preseason get him a few snaps in the preseason and, and ready to go to regular season it's not regular season it's not preseason not regular season playoffs it's a whole different level i don't know if you do that i i honestly think the offensive line that was out there and lined up tonight maybe um the addition of billy turner i think that's what you're going with folks and is this here here's the other thing the offensive line um from a talent standpoint this is not last year's offensive line or the offensive line of the year before. Uh, they were a dominant top five offensive line. Seriously. This year's line, they've done a great job with the resources they have. They seem to be getting better every week. You know, Yash Nyman is becoming a nice player uh, at the tackle position. Um, but this is not, you don't have David Bakhtiari, you don't have Elton Jenkins, and you don't have Corey Lindsley. Those are three all pros. You don't have them. So let's not mistake anything here. This line is not what it was a year ago. Is it good enough? I think it is, and I think they've done a heck of a job with what they have and the, the new guys they've incorporated in there. They've got two really young guys. You know, Royce Newman at right guard, he's a rookie. Um, John Runyon at left guard, he's a second-year player, and they're doing a heck of a job in there. They really are. But, it's not, but folks, understand why we haven't seen the running game explode the way it did last year. Because this line isn't quite what last year's line was. Now, maybe by next year they'll be that way, but they're not now. And unfortunately, this is what you go to the playoffs with. But I think this line is good enough to win with. I really do. I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers feels that way as well. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, is Showtime going to bust off a 78-yard run? Probably not. Um, they're going to have to, you know, knock it out through the ground, and that's what they did here tonight. And they're going to have to do that. But um, this line, it, 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 
I, I give them all the credit in the world. The coaching has been wonderful on it. Um, the guys are really galvanizing, coming together. But this is not the caliber of line we have had in Green Bay, Wisconsin, in the last two years. It's just not. And anyone who tells you it is is wrong. Yeah, they're 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 getting it done, right? But they're you know, getting it done. Other, but I'm, I, I agree with you. I look at the numbers tonight on the ground, and I say, wow, that's. That's getting it, getting it done against a pretty good Minnesota defense, 174 yards. Uh, you didn't have to lean on Aaron Rodgers so much tonight. Uh, but in weeks past, you have, because yeah. it's been more three and a half, four yards, a little south of four yards of carry. You'd like to see that four and a quarter or more, you know, if possible. There was a debate going on, I guess it was in social media, I don't know, um, that, you know, I had made a remark that uh, the Super Bowl lines, uh, Holmgren Super Bowl lines, were, were and I, I I wasn't here, but I was in Chicago and I was studying the Packers because we played them twice a year. But um, their lines were okay. They were average. They were pretty solid lines. They were just solid. Um, And then, you know, the 2010 line, it was okay. You know, but remember, you had a rookie at right guard, Brian Bulaga, because Tauscher went down, okay? Mm-hmm. And you had Chad Clifton on his last legs at left tackle. Um, and then, you know, so you mixed and match. You had Darren College at right guard. He was okay. And you had Scott Wells, who was a pretty good center, a little undersized. You know, you, you they weren't dominant offensive lines, like the Dallas Cowboys, like the lines the Packers have had the last couple of years. But they were good enough to get it done. Is this line good enough to get it done? Yes, it is. This line is Definitely, as it is tonight. The line that took the field tonight, Greg, I'm convinced that's a good enough line to win the Super Bowl. I think it is. And, you know, now uh, other factors will play into whether the Packers get to the Super Bowl or not. But the fact is, I think this line is good enough. But let's be honest, folks. Let's understand this. It's not the line we've had here the last two years. 37-10, the final. The Packers rolled to victory and a number one seed in the NFC. The playoffs begin in a couple of weeks' time. The Packers will not play. They'll get an extra week off. So about three weeks from today or so, we'll have the Packers hosting someone. Greg, you and I should go to Park City and do some skiing during the off week. What do you think? You look like you're set to go. I'm ready to go. Got my ski jacket on right now. Let's go. (laughs) I am down. Okay, let's go to the the Upper Peninsula. Indian Head is waiting for us. uh, crawl before we walk, I suppose. Uh, you're the experienced one. I, 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 need, a, I need an airlift uh, following me there for sure. My wife, Julie, over there say, oh, my God, he's thinking, oh, no, good Lord. No, we'll She's looking not... up flights right now saying, we can't afford this. She, she called the private jet is what she did. She called the private jet. 37... We really can't afford that. <laughs> 37-10, the final. The Packers will enjoy the rest of today. The final regular season game will be played a week from today in uh, Detroit against the Lions. Who will take the field? Who should take the field for that game? Wayne and I'll get into that coming up on the other side. We'll get to your calls as well. Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers under center. Second down and three. Give Dylan fighting his way. Middle of the field. To the goal line. To the end zone for the touchdown. My goodness, he took the Minnesota defense into the end zone and delivers a dagger. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. All sorts of scores here for the Packers today. It caught them up here, right? One, two, three touchdowns, all sorts of scoring going on in a 37-10 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Four touchdowns total here for the Packers. That means $8,000 donated to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. 
Ben Sargento is going to keep it going, donating $2,000 per touchdown the rest of the way for touchdowns for hunger. Again, benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Back to the phones we go at 855-616-1620. Rod is joining us from Weyerhauser. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Rod. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, go Packers. Uh, this is the result you get when they when you got the offense and defense and special teams, which they must have got some butt chewing because they they did a dang good job tonight and and they played a full game and so this is the result you got. But I had a question. Uh, you think that he should have started in the fourth quarter a little bit earlier, putting some of the uh, uh, bench guys in to give them some real life experience. I, Rod, appreciate the phone call. I, I think it's a moot point. I, it's you know the, the game is over. Jordan Love came in and played. He closed out the game. He had several backups and whatnot. Nobody got injured. I don't know if you want to call that a, a dodged bullet. The bigger question to me is who's going to play next week against Detroit. Now, Aaron Rodgers in his postgame press conference fully sounded like a player who is going to take the field in that regular season finale. So uh, there always is a point where you just want to make sure everybody is out of harm's way. I think Matt LaFleur handled that appropriately tonight. Bigger question is tomorrow. With a week off before starting the playoffs, do you really want somebody to sit for three weeks before taking the field? That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is, do you really want to risk injury to some of your marquee talent in a meaningless football game against the Lions? There you go. Let the debate begin, because that's what's going to be discussed and bantered about back and forth uh, you know, for the next week or so. And I, I get it, right? This is one of those decisions that coaches have to make, a very difficult decisions. Certainly injuries play a role. If Randall Cobb is healthy, do you want to see him out there? If Jair Alexander is health, uh, healthy and clear, do you want to see him out there? Might make sense for him to play some snaps if he's going to be healthy and relied upon during the playoffs. So I, this will be a very interesting week, I think, for Matt LaFleur leading up to that Detroit game. His rationale, his thought process for who plays or who doesn't play, uh, I, that's going to be the thing debated on whatever talk show you like to listen to. Who do you play, who do you rest, and why? And how will that affect the team going into the postseason? Against Detroit, it's, it's meaningless. You can hand the ball off 30 times if you want. I just... Try and stay out of harm's way. I get it. The result of that game means absolutely nothing. The health of the team is more paramount to me, but I understand not wanting to sit someone for three weeks before the playoffs begin. So uh, that'll be an interesting decision, but I, I think it's it's a good problem to have, and that's the category I put it under, a good problem to have. 13 wins, the third consecutive year the Packers have achieved that total. No head coach has ever done that in history, by the way. Matt LaFleur, now three years into his coaching tenure, has never lost back-to-back games. Let that sink in for a moment. It's just insane. Just insane. 49 regular season wins in three years. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll dip into the locker room coming up here before too long. We have got uh, conversations with Adrian Amos and Dean Lowry following tonight's win over the Minnesota Vikings, 37-10. The Packers clinch the top seed in the NFC. The Vikings are eliminated from the playoffs following tonight's game. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers alone in the gun. First down, the Minnesota 10-yard line. 
snap. Rodgers looks, waits, throws, middle, diving grab, touchdown, Devontae Adams again! This is special. That play kept a six-play, 64-yard drive in a minute and three seconds just before halftime. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. It's tonight's turning point of the game presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Toyota-thon is on. It's time to ring in the season with a stylish new ride from Toyota. Got to hurry, though. These incredible savings won't last. Toyota, let's go places. That made it 20 to nothing. The Vikings would add a field goal just before the end of the half to make it 20 to 3. But I really, the turning point in today's game, it probably happened during the week when Kirk Cousins was placed on the COVID list and it was announced that he would not start. And meanwhile, Sean Mannion, I think, was on the COVID list at the time. He came off, didn't practice all week. It tells you everything that Mike Zimmer thinks about the third-string quarterback, that they would take a guy who's on the COVID list, unable to practice, and just maybe throw him out there on primetime television and go up against Aaron Rodgers and try and beat him in his house. Good luck. I, the Vikings were a mess today, and that all started when Kirk Cousins went on the COVID list. They are a respectable team with Cousins at quarterback, and they put up some good numbers. They beat Green Bay in Week 10. They were still alive in the playoff hunt. They had a lot of close losses earlier this season. You take away man, or you take away Cousins, and you essentially take away Dalvin Cook because teams are going to feast on stopping the run. You essentially take away Justin Jefferson when you don't have a quarterback who can stretch the field. So uh, this was a severely undermanned Minnesota Vikings team that the Packers absolutely demolished. This was not a team they let hang around. This is not a team that was in it in the second half. This was an absolute whitewashing at Lambeau Field. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's talk to Bill in Wisconsin Rapids. You're on Packers OT. Hello, Bill. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, the game tonight was awesome. Uh, it's an honor to talk to Wayne and Greg and Larry. And, you know, radio, I apologize. I'm a little nervous. But as far as uh, defense, it was awesome tonight. And like you said, as far as like David Bakhtiari and all, you know, those are not able to play right now. As far as things going forward, how do you feel as far as the offensive and the defensive lines? Yeah, I appreciate the phone, Bill. I, you know, both have been pretty solid, I think, overall this year. I, I think the body of work is impressive. Now, now, we have noticed a little bit of a slide here defensively for the Packers. Uh, I don't know if that's specifically due to one component of the defense, whether it's the back-end secondary, linebacker play. I, really, these things all have to be in sync for the numbers to be positive, top-five sort of numbers. But that's kind of where the Packers were for the bulk of the season. But starting in Week 10, we saw the point production slip. And the Packers were giving up, on average, about 30 points per game to the Vikings, the Bears, the Ravens. And even in that game against the Browns, yeah, the Packers won. It kind of hung on to win. It felt like they dominated that game but had to hang on to win. But the Browns had over 200 yards rushing. Those are concerning numbers. So that, that starts to reverse the trend. You start to go from a top-five defense down to sort of you know, a little better than middle of the pack which is exactly where the Packers were a year ago under Mike Pettin. So we saw that sort of correct itself tonight. Uh, and again, no Kirk Cousins means you're probably not going to move the ball down the field through the passing game. You've got a great running back in Dalvin Cook. He has carved up the Packers before. Relying on Dalvin Cook was you know, the best bet. You know, Justin Jefferson's a great player, but you're not able to unleash him beyond the 20-yard mark. It just, you don't have a guy who can throw it. So that was part of the issue. 
So I, I thought the defense did exactly what they had to do. They, they, they knocked the quarterback around a little bit. They had pass breakups. They had quarterback knockdowns. They had a couple of sacks. No turnovers tonight, but uh, it, it, it doesn't really affect the performance, I think, overall in defense. Ten points allowed is ten points allowed. That's impressive uh, in today's NFL, regardless of the situation. That, that's an impressive performance. Offensive line, we've got to hit the pause button and just reevaluate when it comes playoff time because it might be some different pieces. You might have Billy Turner back. You might have David Bakhtiari back, though I'm not holding my breath for that. Um, but overall, this, this entire offensive line, the pieces that have been woven in, have been solid. They've been solid. And Aaron Rodgers was not sacked at all tonight, so that, that's a good indication. He has not been roughed up all that much, given all the shuffling. But the run game has not really been fully uncorked, uh, like we saw it at times last year. So yeah, definitely still room to grow, but how many teams can even do what the Packers are doing with a third-string left tackle? And, you know, a second-year pro at left guard who was a late-round draft pick uh, with a rookie at right guard, undrafted rookie Player in uh, Lucas Patrick playing center. He was not drafted. He's been with the system. I get that. And then Dennis Kelly, sort of a plug-and-play veteran that you haven't really had to rely on. Uh, kind of like a Jared Valdeer type. All of a sudden, late in the season, you're having to rely on him, and it's going pretty well, I would say, overall on the right side. So reevaluate this group coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll see who's healthy and ready to go. You go with your top five. Your best five offensive linemen should be on the field. That's usually been the philosophy in Green Bay. Uh, we'll see if that holds true when the playoffs begin. Time to take a look around the league, and it's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. It was an NFC team taking out an AFC today, and it was in Baltimore with the Rams looking to hang on to its NFC West division lead. They would need a win to do so. They were able to get it, barely. Takes the snap, rolls right, hitches, throws, caught front pylon. Touchdown. OBJ, touchdown. Touchdown! Touchdown, L.A. Odell Beckham Jr. gives the Rams their first lead with 57 seconds remaining. They would go for two and not get it. Rams radio with the call. 20-19 to 19 the final. Matthew Stafford to Odell Beckham Jr. with less than a minute to go. The winning score in that game. So yeah, the Rams, with that win at the time, held on to their NFC West division lead. The Cardinals would ultimately beat the Dallas Cowboys to stay in the hunt. In fact, both teams are tied the same record. It's going to come down to the final week of the season to figure out who wins the NFC West. As for those Arizona Cardinals, well, it was an interesting game in Dallas against Mike McCarthy's Cowboys. Tyler takes the snap. Short set. Lobs it deep near side at the one-yard line. Oh, what a catch! Antoine Wesley into the end zone for a touchdown! How did he pull that down? And how about the toss by Kyler Murray? A huge score for the Cardinals early in the third. Gave the Cardinals a 19-7 lead. The Cowboys would fight back and ultimately get to within one score in the fourth quarter. They connected on a a late touchdown and a field goal, and all of a sudden it was 25-22, but Arizona was able to melt the clock and ultimately preserve that win. So they stay in the hunt for the NFC West Division title along with Los Angeles. The events of next weekend are going to determine the NFC West Division winner, and ultimately which of those teams gets a home playoff game. Uh, Both will be playing the first weekend of the playoffs, the Cardinals and the Rams. As for the Cowboys... 
Well, they take a stumble here, and their loss coupled with the Packers' win locks down the number one seed of the NFC for Green Bay. Now, the other team in the mix here in the NFC for a prime seed in the playoffs are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they trailed for about 58 minutes in East Rutherford, New Jersey, against the New York Jets. It was a late touchdown that Tom Brady threw. He took over at the seven-yard line with under two minutes to go and no timeouts. And as Tom has been known to do in his career, he did engineer a touchdown drive that ultimately preserved the win for the Bucks. A comfort-behind win. However, there is a bit of a loss in Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown is no longer with the team, according to Bruce Arians. Brown took off his shoulder pads, jersey, his gloves, threw it all into the stands and walked off the field mid-drive. The Buccaneers were on offense. Brown refused to go into the game, uh, did his petulant child stuff on the sidelines. I've never seen anything like this before. Bruce Arians saying after the game, nope, that's it. He quit on the team. He is no longer a member of the Buccaneers. So a little drama in Tampa. Bills over the Falcons today, 29-15. It was the Bears hammering the Giants, 29-3. The Bengals outlast the Chiefs, 34-31 in a wild one. The Bengals are going to win the AFC North Division. And the Chiefs take a stumble back. They're now behind the Titans for supremacy in the AFC. The Titans demolished the Dolphins, 34-3. It was the Raiders earning an upset win over the Colts, 23-20. Patriots all over the Jaguars, 50-10. And the Eagles, with the victory today, are now part of the playoff contingent in the NFC. 20-16 to 16 the final. They have been the Washington football team. Chargers over Denver, 34-13. Niners hammered the Texans, 23-7. It was the Saints over the Panthers, 18-10, in a game that meant absolutely nothing in the standings. Same for the Seahawks and Lions, but Seattle gets the win, 51-29. And Monday Night Football features the Browns and the Steelers. We'll wrap up our number one of the program after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Here it is. Sets, fires, lofting, left side, Devontae over the shoulder. Got it! Out of bounds! Inside the 20! Mackenzie Alexander to the 17-yard line of Minnesota on a beautiful 30-yard teardrop. Unfortunately, the Packers would settle for a field goal. That was the opening drive of the game for Green Bay. Nine plays, 58 yards, and three minutes, 12 seconds. Green Bay got on the board with that 3-0 lead, 35-yard field goal for Mason Crosby. Uh, you know, it was a great day for Adams, and he's starting to really move his way up the, the leaderboard here in terms of franchise history, touchdowns, receptions. Uh, just an, an unbelievable performance once again, You know, highlighting this Packers offense. Uh, along with Aaron Rodgers, uh, really for the last co- several years. 11 receptions, 136 yards, and a touchdown for Adams today. So what does he do today? Well, he uh, breaks his own single-season receptions record. Was 115, now it's 117 and counting for Devontae Adams. Just another in- incredible season for the Packers star receiver. Let's uh, go back to the phone, shall we? Sean is in Shorewood joining us next year on Packers OT. Hello, Sean. Hey, how you doing? All right, thanks, thanks for taking my call. Well, you know what? I I really feel like for the first time, um, I feel like the Packers were almost really practicing the running game. You know, even when they went down, you know, just you know, put the field goal. I feel like they were really preparing themselves to be ready for the NFC Championship at Lambeau Field, and I feel like they could score any time. I was never really worried about the game. Yeah, I, you know, the only nervous moments that I had early, Sean, and, and you always have this, is that you, you feel like you're dominating in terms of all of the numbers. 
except the scoreboard. And you look at it, and it's three to nothing. You're like, oh, wait a minute here. Now the Packers have dominated. They're, you know, it doubled up in terms of time of possession. They're moving the ball in between the twenties very well. And then they decided to go for it on a, a fourth down early in the first quarter, not really the second drive of the first quarter, uh, and, and it backfired. Fourth and three, it was incomplete to Devontae Adams in the end zone. So you're turned away instead of putting points on the board. So I, that was my only hesitation. You, you let a, a team that was severely undermanned today uh, here at Lambeau Field kind of hang around. Uh, but the Vikings were really no match for the Packers. I mean, it was uh, three to nothing, and then it was, okay, Six to nothing with another field goal, and then it was foot on the gas time in the second quarter to really close things out. It was a 17-point second quarter for the Packers, and that was it. I mean, the Vikings had no shot at coming back from that. That was the death blow. Uh, that final touchdown before the end of the half uh, certainly paid dividends for the Packers. Impressive game here. All three phases in sync for the Packers as they lock down that number one seed. Who's going to play next week against Detroit? We've got some thoughts from the locker room coming up on the other side. We'll continue to take your calls at 855-616-1620. 37 to 10, the final. Packers improved to 13 and 3. They finish off the regular season a perfect 8 and 0 at Lambeau Field. Couple wins in the playoffs. All the Packers need to advance to Super Bowl 56. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, bump through. So it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. 288 yards and two touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. A pair of scores for A.J. Dillon. The Packers absolutely hammered the Minnesota Vikings 37-10, finishing the regular season a perfect 8-0 at Lambeau Field and locking out the NFC's top seed in the playoffs in the process. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella now. Pay later at Pella Windows and Doors. Get five months no first payment plus five years no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Before we get back to your phone calls at 855-616-1620, let's step aside 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. You're listening to WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee, a good karma brand station. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's talk to Mark in New Lisbon here on Packers OT. Hello, Mark. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, it's... You know, I, I think I just read on Twitter that the Packers were the first team in history to win 13 games three years in a row, so that's pretty impressive. But I think when you look at the end of the season awards, I don't know what you guys think about this, but it seems like we should have Coach of the Year with LaFleur and then MVP with Rodgers. But the one guy that I don't think everyone is really looking at that should get an award for Executive of the Year is Gutenkoos because – I mean, he's just put together such a deep, talented roster, and they can have all these injuries on the offensive line and still go out there and protect Rodgers. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Gutenkus, and, you know, I wondered if you guys thought he had a legit shot at 
executive of the year. I, there's no doubt that moves made by Brian Gutekun since, really, before training camp. If you want to go back to the draft, that's fine, too. Uh, I get the obvious elephant in the room, and that's the Aaron Rodgers situation, but that is seemingly in a very good spot as we approach the final few weeks of the season. And hopefully a Super Bowl in February, right? I think we're all thinking that. Number one seed, first round by. You win two games in your home field in January. There you go. You're off to Los Angeles to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's the reality for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but there is no doubt. And it goes back to draft night, selecting Eric Stokes. Not that cornerback was a, you know, overflowing position of strength. You, had, you all scratched our head on Kevin King and his performance down the stretch last year and in the NFC Championship game. We love Jair Alexander. Well, then he got hurt, right? So you, you, it's never a bad time to add a great player to your football squad, regardless of position, because you never know what sort of injury, what sort of happenings are going to happen during the course of a regular season. So Eric Stokes has been outstanding. And finding some of the talent they've been able to find uh, as the season has gone on, plucking Rasul Douglas from the practice squad of the Cardinals, signing Devondre Campbell, who was a starter for the Cardinals last year. Uh, They've got some real true impact players here and Pro Bowl caliber players. And they're also trying to get by without the services of some Pro Bowl caliber players due to injury. So uh, the ultimate equalizer is who they have a quarterback. Uh, and, and really, it's not an equalizer. It's a field tilter. So when the you-know-what hits the fan in other facets of the game, you still can rely on Aaron Rodgers, who has been absolutely spectacular. I, it just continues to make it look easy, by the way. So, uh, But yes, no doubt. I, I can't think of a, a bad move made by Brian Gutekunst since August. I really can't. Uh, now, he's tried, and, and it hasn't worked, but he tried to get his hand on Aldell Beckham Jr., uh, who is now the third or fourth option for Matthew Stafford in Los Angeles, but still a guy I think that can help a team. Um, just didn't work out. But I don't think anybody's leaving tonight's game after a 37-10 whitewashing of the Vikings saying, man, if OBJ were on this team, it's just it, it's not at the top of your mind. What, what should be more top of mind is how well Evan Lazard played in kind of that number two role um, and how well MVS played in on the last couple of weeks where his numbers started to tick up a little bit. Quiet tonight, but uh, you know what he's capable of doing. And uh, if somebody wants to take away Devontae Adams, do they have another receiver who can help carry them to a win? I I think that's still a legitimate question, uh, but I'm not sure OBJ's doing that necessarily in in Los Angeles, though we did catch the game winner today. 855-616-1620. Before we get back to the phone calls, let's get into the locker room. Larry McCarron, so generous with his time, he is uh, standing by with Packers safety Adrian Amos. Let's catch up with Larry in this locker room report. Now you play a big part in rushing defense, both your presence and your tackling. You guys, against Delvin Cook and the Vikings, allowed 27 yards. Adrian, how do you do that? Oh, man, we... we, we um. You know, we, we took it step by step in practice this week. Um, you know, we wanted to um, be great on the uh, ground. I know la- last week, you know, we didn't have a performance that we wanted. And this week, we wanted to come out and we wanted to, you know, show what kind of defense we are and we can be. Uh, the Vikings, like 206 or 7 total yards. I mean, this is a. This is a kick-butt defensive performance. Is it the kind of performance, possibly after last week, you guys needed? Oh, for sure. You know that, that that's that's the plan. You know, we wanted to come out and we wanted to bounce back. We wanted to um, finish strong. I know it's still some things that we we want to correct. Um, on tape, you know, I think we wanted to, you know, hold them a little bit under um, what they got. But um, you know, overall, I feel like we we 
we, we came out, we played fast, we played well, and we didn't make too many mistakes today. Were those things you just mentioned the keys to keeping Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, under control? For sure. You know, when you got two guys like that that are very explosive, um, we got to get multiple hats ball. We have to um, make sure we're sticky with, you know, 18 in coverage and, um, and we're sound with our gaps and, and different schemes and stuff like that. So um, I, I think we came out, we executed well. We didn't give them, um, those two guys, their playmakers, too many seams to go. Okay, I saved the best for last. Tell me about that hit. Yeah. That's the best hit I've seen all year. Tell me about that. Um, I just, you know, saw the ball, broke on the ball, and, I, you know, you want to um, keep your head out of it. You know, I've always been taught that way. Just, you know, try to keep my head out of it, make a, you know, clean tackle, separate the, you know, the man from the ball. Um, but it, it, a crazy play with it tipping up in the air. I didn't even know he caught it. I thought it was like a, you know, how sometimes linemen pick it up and start running with it um, when it was actually touched the ground or something like that. But, yeah, that he um, picked it up and started running with it. I know that's probably something that's, you know, being replayed and stuff like that with a lineman doing. That. I'm not sure, but I think lifetime I thought you probably got credited with the official tackle on the play twice. Not <laughs> once, but two times because when the guy, it was Garrett Bradbury, their yeah. center, when he was running downfield, I think you made that tackle too. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, hopefully, they, yeah, hopefully they give me the PBU and then what's the name? I, I tried to get the ball out, so, you know, I, I wonder what that stat would have been if I, you know, got the PBU and a forced fumble. So, um, but yeah, that, that's going to be one funny to watch. Adrian, last thing for you. How does that number one seed feel? Oh, it feels great. It feels great for, you know, to make everybody have to come through here, come through Lambeau. And, um, you know, we had a chance last year, and um, we, we didn't finish it. And, and you know, um, how often do you get a second chance at that, you know what I'm saying? And um, how often do you put give yourself this opportunity? So, you know, it's a tribute to the whole team for, you know, for us, you know, grinding away. And, and, and you know, we earned that, you know, first seed, and um, now we have to take advantage of it. Packers safety, Adrian Amos, along with uh, Larry McCarron. Appreciate your time, Larry, and that locker room report. Back to the phones we go. Let's chat with Dave in uh, Wisconsin. He's chiming in. Dave, you're on Packers OT. Thanks for holding. Yeah, Greg, thanks for taking my call. I just want to shout out first to uh, one of your associates. I believe it's uh, is it Wes Hopkins or... Uh, he does a great job on the uh, updates and the stats and the uh, hits the post with the most. Uh, I really would like to get your thoughts, though, on um, Aaron mentioned that he's going to play next week, and uh, Devontae said he's going to play next week, but I didn't hear any comment from uh, the coach about who's going to play, and obviously he's going to uh, make a decision whenever. But uh, also the fact that uh, Devontae is 22 yards away from setting the Packer franchise record for uh, most yards uh, receiving in a season. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Thanks. Appreciate the phone call, Dave. Yeah, just you know, immediate reaction following the game, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Devontae Adams, anybody who spoke to the media was asked about, you know, what do you do next week? Do you play? It's a meaningless football game in terms of your record. You've got the number one seed all locked up, so you know, how do you treat this game? Uh, Aaron Rodgers sounded like a guy who expects to play next week for a portion of time. Uh, I would say the same for Devontae Adams. I'm reading their quotes. I did not hear their quotes, but reading what they had to say. It seems to me like both are expecting to play. And then Matt LaFleur suggesting the same thing, that it's likely that they will play. I have no idea how long, how much time. It is a meaningless football game. 
The alternative is three weeks off before they take the field. Um, Aaron said his toe felt great today. He said no issues at all. We saw him scramble a little bit. I did not see him limp around at all, uh, and I've been watching him like a hawk with binoculars, so I'm paying attention to that kind of stuff. Um, not easy for me to say it's not my toe, but it, all things checked out well after the game, according to Rodgers. So uh, this will continue to be a storyline throughout the week. Oftentimes, you know, you ask a coach, well, how long do you expect him to play? And there's never really a, a definitive answer. Um, I would expect him to play. And then it's up to the coach to decide how long, how much is enough, whether it's a quarter, a half, a series, who knows. Uh, but I would expect them to play next week, the Packers' front-line starters. And it's going to be, you know, it, it'll vary. It's going to vary in terms of amount of time on the field. Just keep in mind, they've got a 46-man roster. Uh, some starters are going to be forced to play a little longer than others, uh, for sure. 855-616-1620. Barry joins us next from California. Barry, you're on Packers OT. Greg, thank you so much for taking my call. Happy New Year. A um, couple of things. One, um, in terms of uh, following up on what you just said now, uh, I, I'm going back away, but I remember we had a meaningless game against Buffalo uh, when uh, in the Brett Favre era when we eventually went back to the Super Bowl for the second time, and uh, Mike Holmgren started Brett, and Brett got slammed so hard to the ground that literally I think everyone in Packer Nation took a collective sigh of relief when he finally stood up. They pulled him out of the game right then and there, and he never went back in. My gut feeling is when you have earned the right to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, you sit as many regulars as you can. The Lions are going to come out. Hey, if they beat us, it's the highlight of their entire season, in my opinion. Why take a chance in Ford Field? I would rest every regular that you could because any freak accident could happen. This is a violent game, and I really don't think we should at this time chance endanger anything. So if it's me, I sit Aaron. I sit Devontae, or you let Devontae maybe catch one pass. But I would basically sit everybody. Uh, why take a chance uh, to endanger what we've earned? And then secondly, following up with what Larry said before, the offensive line, the way it's playing now, has been quite good. And I, you know whether Bakhtiari will come back, you're not sure. I, I believe strongly in chemistry. This team has built chemistry week after week, and one little thing could possibly disrupt that. Uh, maybe I'm overreacting, but uh, if it isn't broke at this moment, uh, why, why try to fix it? So I would leave the offensive line as it is. And then the final follow-up very quickly, every time you watch a game, like tonight, Devontae Campbell is in, is in almost every tackle or every play. I think that he is, by Shul Douglas and others beside, I think he was by far – the key best defensive pickup of the year by Brian Gutenkurst, and he should be very, very, very well congratulated for that. I'll take your comments off the air. I thank you so much, and again, Happy New Year. You too, Barry. Appreciate the phone call. I, I don't know if there's a better pickup in all of the NFL on defense other than Devondre Campbell. I just, I, really, I just, you think of the draft, you think of uh, the draft might have yielded a couple talented players to the uh, Dallas Cowboys, no doubt about that. Uh, Micah Parsons is pretty darn good. I, but nonetheless, the impact of the player is just its its ridiculous in Green Bay. And you're right about the tackling. It's a very interesting component of the Packers that I don't think it's being talked about enough. That This team can tackle. There's a physicality to this team that I don't think you always associated with the Packers in the last several years. Uh, I have seen teams in the playoffs push the Packers around. And it, it's always disappointing to see that. You wonder why physicality can't be matched. I would not look at this Packers team and say, 
yeah, they're, they're going to get out physical, right? There's a team that's just going to pop them in the mouth come playoff time, and how, how are they going to react? It's not really the case. This team has been more the aggressor, and tackling is, is spotty in the NFL. It just is. The Packers are a good tackling team, and, and that's been a step forward, I think, under Joe Barry uh, versus Mike Patton. I, I think it's a, it's a solid defense, and it has the potential to be better. Tonight's performance against an undermanned Minnesota Vikings team, I, I would expect it to see a, a, a comfortable win. You don't always see that in the NFL, right? It's, regardless of who is playing, it's challenging to try and predict what's going to happen in the NFL. Packers were a better team than Minnesota Vikings, with or without Kirk Cousins. No Cousins really tilted the field in favor of Green Bay, and that played out here tonight at Lambeau, 37-10, the final. So the Packers are the number one seed, but they needed a little help along with the win in order to secure it. Let's take you on a walk around the league. It's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Let's start with those Arizona Cardinals, whom Packer fans were cheering for in Dallas today against the Cowboys. Tyler takes the snap. Short set. Lobs it deep near side at the one-yard line. Oh, what a catch. Antoine Wesley into the end zone for a touchdown. How did he pull that down? And how about the toss by Kyler Murray? A huge score for the Cardinals early in the third. Dave Pass on the call, Cardinals Radio Network. That made it 19-7, but the Cowboys came back in the fourth, scoring 15 points. That made it 25-22. Arizona able to melt some clock at the end of the game. They finished the game with the ball. Dallas unable to get it back. So Arizona remains alive in its quest to win the NFC West, but that win, coupled with the Packers' victory over the Vikings, it uh, not only allows the Philadelphia Eagles to sneak into the playoffs and eliminate Minnesota, but the Packers secure that number one seed. Drama in New Jersey with the Buccaneers facing the Jets. And not only the game, but what happened off the field. Well, Gene, you got a big third down coming up, and we have an incident down here with Antonio Brown. He is upset about something, Gene, and I've never seen this. He has taken his uniform, his shoulder pads off, and he has run to the Buccaneer locker room. So we'll get you an update. He's not hurt. He has decided to run to the locker room on his own. Yeah, he didn't come back. Bruce Arians said after the game that Antonio Brown is no longer a member of the Buccaneers. Down in the count here with two minutes to go. 157 to be exact in no timeouts. Tom Brady took over from the seven-yard line and did what Tom does. Brady looking, cocks the arm, throws toward the end zone. Receiver open, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Tampa Bay! Buccaneers take the lead for the first time of the game. Grayson makes the catch in the end zone. Buccaneers lead, 26-24. Tom Brady, you're terrific! Yeah, the Bucks trailed for the bulk of the game. They would add a two-point conversion, go on to win 28-24. to But the Buccaneers now, without Antonio Brown and without Chris Godwin, so two of their better receivers, out. Godwin due to injury, Brown due to, I don't even know what to call it, but uh, he has certainly not been the same since uh, he took a rough playoff hit to the head facing the Cincinnati Bengals several years ago. It's been a roller coaster, to say the least, for Antonio Brown. The Bills improved to 10 and 6 with a 29-15 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Bears over the Giants 29 to 3. How about the Bengals earning a 34-31 win over the Chiefs? It actually knocks the Chiefs to the second position in the AFC. The Bengals now sit atop the AFC North. The Titans are the number one team in the AFC right now with one game to play, 11 and 5, following a 34-3 win over the Dolphins. So the Chiefs 
and Titans in the hunt for that final number one seed in the NFL. Packers have it in the NFC. Who's going to get it in the AFC? We will find out next week. Raiders over the Colts 23-20. It was the Jaguars getting blown out by the Patriots 50-10. The Eagles have sort of backdoored their way into the NFC playoff picture here. 20-16, they get the win over the Washington football team. Philadelphia now 9-7. It was the Rams, courtesy of a late touchdown reception by Odell Beckham Jr., upending the Ravens 20-19. Chargers all over the Broncos 34-13. That's about it for games that mattered. Monday Night Football features the Browns against the Steelers. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Slot left, Devontae to the right. Rodgers in the gun. He's got A.J. Dillon to his left. It's first and ten, Minnesota 33. Rodgers takes quick toss. Devontae left flat. Couple of blockers. Makes the turn 30. Ushered out of bounds. Near the 28-yard line. Of Minnesota, Mackenzie Alexander forced him out. Ten catches, a buck 36, and a touchdown for Adams. Oh, there you go. Wayne mentioned it. <laughs> he's a, that's why he's our player of the game. Win or lose, a fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood. It's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. Easy in, easy out, easy great. That'll go to Great Clips. I cut my own hair. If anybody has seen me, you know what I'm talking about. However... If I did still need a haircut, Great Clips would be the place I'd go. Devontae Adams, our Great Clips, great player of the game. The the highlight that we played was actually Devontae Adams uh, hauling in his 116th reception of the season. So he, he's, he's broken his own record for receptions in a single season, now standing at 117 and going strong. You'll have a game left to improve on that total. Yes, I do believe Devontae Adams will play next, season, uh, next week against Detroit. I don't know how long, but I think he will play in the game. Devontae Adams, a great clips, great player of the game. Doug is in Baraboo joining us next on Packers OT. Doug, welcome to the program. Thanks for holding. Yeah, good morning, Greg. Say, um, listening to the show and earlier in the show, you mentioned the word three weeks, and then uh, you mentioned a couple times after that if if Rodgers wouldn't play. And uh, I think it was uh, 10 years ago we were in the same situation, and Nobody would mention, nobody would say it was that, you know, it was going to be, you know, two weeks before he would play. And, and you're right. It's actually three weeks when you think about it going this week and then, uh, and then not playing if you didn't play in Detroit the following week and then the following week with the bye. So it, it actually is three weeks. So I was glad to hear that. Ten years ago, I was adamant that Rogers should be in there and should get some action. Uh, now, after 10 years and being Rogers being 38 years old and, and playing as smart as he is playing, uh, I've kind of changed my tune uh, and say, well, maybe, uh, maybe it's a good thing. He, he, uh, he, he doesn't play, or if he does play, maybe uh, like a preseason game, like they used to do a quarter, but I'd rather see him not play the way and play. And being that the other teams aren't, um, you know, as dominant as we had uh, 10 years ago when we were, you know, 15 and uh, one going into the playoffs. But I thought it was kind of uh, kind of ironic that uh, back then nobody would mention. You all say, "Well, he's going to be out two weeks." No, he's, he's not going to see action for three weeks. And uh, yeah, I know you don't go to the barber. <laughs> no, I don't. Appreciate the phone call, Doug. That's a long time. Uh, you know, and you know, Matt Lafleur sort of just diffused it all saying that's really not that long of a time off but uh i 
I, I don't want to you know wreck anybody's night here, but I, they're going to play. I, they, I think they really are going to play uh, frontline starters next week against Detroit. I, I don't know how long, and it, it, Matt Lafleur is not clear on that. And why would he be at this point? Enjoy the win. Start to figure out your game plan for Detroit as the week goes on. Uh, but I do believe there's something to be said about going through your routine and you know all that kind of stuff and. I just don't know what the threshold is. Uh, how much is too much to play a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who is closing in on his fourth MVP award, and Devontae Adams, who is your clear-cut number one receiver and one of the most dominant players on offense in the NFL. Uh, you have to protect your assets. Um, you have to also make sure that they're ready to rock when the playoff begins. I don't know what playing Aaron Rodgers a quarter against Detroit on January 9th has to do with his ability to take the field in the later part of the month, in a playoff game. I don't know what a series, a quarter, a half, I don't know what it does. I don't know how much it hurts. I don't know how much it helps. And that's what the coaches, I think, are ultimately going to have to figure out uh, with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Anybody who's injured, you are on the side of caution. Uh, but, again, you're trying to protect your assets as much as possible here. So let the debate begin. This is the story now. What do you do with your guys going into this meaningless game against the Detroit Lions, knowing that the next game you play will be a meaningful game here at Lambeau Field? And it'll be, if you consider the wild card weekend of the NFL, it'll be against a team who has already won a playoff game, right? So they've got a little momentum. You're probably feeling pretty good about yourself after winning a playoff game, regardless of where you have to play the next game. So I, it, it all goes into the hopper here, I think, if you're Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst trying to figure out your game plan for these next several weeks. And that does include the final week of the regular season against the Lions. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More from the locker room coming up on the other side. More of your calls as well. Packers win 37-10 to 10 over the Minnesota Vikings, locking down that number one seed in the NFC playoff race and a first-round bye. Packers Radio presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Manu takes the snap out of a no huddle, throws it over the middle. Ball knocked, broken up, knocked into the air, and then picked off by a lineman. And down he goes inside the 20, all the way down to the 15-yard line and inside the 15. Adrian Amos with an enormous hit. The whatever-it-takes-play of the game presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. I, I guess it's an Adrian Amos highlight because he, he delivered the blow that popped the ball free, but it's also, simultaneously, a Minnesota Vikings lineman highlight where the ball that Amos popped free landed in the hands of a Vikings offensive lineman who churned his way down inside the red zone on one of the more bizarre plays of the evening. So, yes, that is our whatever-it-takes-play of the game, really on both sides. Part Minnesota. Park Green Bay. It's presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Rob was at the game tonight driving home. Rob, you're on Packers OT. Yeah, I don't know how everyone says that our line is fine. As people have been watching Rice Newman, number 70, Anytime that uh, the run play is blowing up in the backfield or Rogers is sacked, they're going through that guy's hole. Rogers wasn't sacked tonight. What's that? Rogers wasn't sacked tonight. 
No sacks. Okay, not tonight, but but uh, there was a play where the running back, uh, I think it was Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones, was nailed in the backfield, and that guy came right through uh, Royce Newman's hole, and Newman was like watching the guy run right past him. He's not good. He's a rookie. He needs, we got to get a, a Luke Patrick back over there or something. Well, who's going to play center? He's, he's your starting Myers center, back. Lucas Patrick. Well, but but he's, he's not, not he's not Myers available. See, see, Rob. Now here's the thing, Rob. You, if, if you want to talk about a player who needs to come out, you have to have a suitable replacement. If you can identify the suitable replacement, we can have a discussion. But right now, there is none. There is none. So that's why, <laughs> who that's is why it? Right. Our line is not fine. Our line is not fine. It Rob, means, the line hasn't been fined since week two of the regular season. Like They're making do is what they're doing. And find me a team who can suffer as many blows to the offensive line as the Packers have and still be doing what they're doing. That's what's impressive. Right, Rob's not a Royce Newman The line guy. is not fine, but everyone's saying that it is. It's not fine. Rob, it's one component of the line that I think is showing himself to be a rookie at times throughout the year. At this point, it hasn't destroyed the Packers. Now, I think you can have an adequate discussion about about the run game and how it's sort of inched along this year. It's not been explosive, as it usually is under Matt LaFleur, at least his, his short tenure in Green Bay. The run has been a thing. Uh, it's been solid, I think, overall. It's been okay. Um, but overall, Aaron Rodgers, since, you know, since breaking his toe, well, what is he up to now, 20 touchdowns and, and one interception? Sack numbers aren't terribly high. Not everything is perfect. But if you don't have a suitable replacement, can't talk about taking a guy out. Packers line is okay. I think it's okay. I don't think it's great. I think it's okay. I think the real find has been Yash Nyman and John Runyon. Uh, Nyman's been with the program. It's sort of an understated, quiet guy, thrust into duty as a third-string tackle. Uh, and Runyon was a, a late-round draft pick who started flashed a little bit as, the, as a rookie, but it's really come on this year, pressed into duty. I think you'll get Billy Turner back for the playoffs. I really don't know about David Bottiar. I'm not holding my breath. There will be no Elton Jenkins. Royce Newman is not coming out of the starting lineup. We'll see if Myers comes back, the other rookie, who was part of that offensive line at the start. Rusty, yes. Hadn't been at the work in a long time. So uh, right now this offensive line is what it is, and that includes Dennis Kelly starting at right tackle. It's been okay. It's been okay. Sam joins us next from Polonia. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Sam. Hey, fellas. How you doing tonight? Doing great. What you got? Hey, fellas. Can you hear me? Hey, uh, don't overlook the win tonight. The great win for the team, obviously. Um, you know, you can't take these type of wins for granted. You know, black and blue division, you beat up on Minnesota a little bit. You got you to gotta take those wins, obviously, anytime you can get them, but um, I think I, I, you know, I hate to. We're all looking forward to the playoffs already, but you were looking at uh, next week, saying, "Oh, this is just a, you know, a gimme game." You know, we we don't have anything to play for, but at the same time, yeah, guys like uh, Dave Bakhtiari, Jerry Alexander, who, you know, we can we can put them into practice, but you need those uh, to some extent. You need those game game speed reps. Uh, that are you, you can't replace those in practice, and uh, you know I I would 
you know, I think we got next week. We had a great opportunity to look at some of our younger guys and everything, but we we shouldn't overlook Detroit. Um, you got a really good opportunity to take a look at some of your players that are either a coming from an injury or just younger players in general. And uh, you know, no no game is a gimme here in the NFL. And uh, I think it's a it's going to be a really good opportunity next week. Take a look at some of those guys who are coming back from the injured reserve. And take a look at some of your younger players who uh, you might call on to step up in the postseason. So, anyhow, uh, thanks, guys. Great game tonight. Thanks for being there. Appreciate the phone call, Sam. Uh, I did not call the game against Detroit a gimme. I called it meaningless because it means nothing. It means nothing for the Packers in terms of where they are in the standings and what it means for the postseason. In that regard, it is a meaningless football game. It could be meaningful for a guy like David Bocciari or Jair Alexander. Here's my worry. Neither are able to play next week against Detroit. They're not medically cleared, but they are medically cleared to play in the playoffs. What do you do? Do you put David Bocciari on the field in his first game action in over a calendar year at left tackle protecting Aaron Rodgers' backside in a playoff game? I, I don't know. I, that is a that, that, that is not a slam dunk yes. That is not a slam dunk yes. I think you put your best five out there if you're Matt LaFleur. I think that's what he'll do. Um, young guys getting reps, hey, I'm all for it. You're going to see Jordan Love at some point against Detroit. I have no hesitation in my voice about that. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play against Detroit. I'm not quite sure how much. Matt LaFleur saying after the game, I think they'll play a little. They being Rodgers, Adams, other frontline starters. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Into the locker room we go after this. Packers Radio, presented by American Family Insurance. I just said that. This is the Packers Radio Network. Marquez, the holder. Here's the snap. Play's been made. The kick to the uprights. And it is good. So Crosby adds another relatively short field goal. And the Packers extend to a 30-3 lead with 3.22 to go in the third. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. Three field goals for Mason Crosby today, so now $24,000 donated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Uh, it shouldn't be overlooked here. Special teams was solid tonight. Uh, the kicking operation overall. There's one bad punt by Corey Bohorquez. Uh It was a terrible punt, to be sure, of 24 yards. But nonetheless, the kicking operation uh, was solid. The return units were okay. You saw the new guy, Moore, back there, which was, hey, doesn't matter what point you joined the team. Tyler Irvin was sort of a late-season addition a couple years ago. He helped inject a little life into the Packers' return unit. Amari Rogers on the COVID list. We'll see what... Uh, or how, I guess, he is used against Detroit in come postseason. But uh, the, the Moore kid has earned an opportunity to keep going here. Uh, why not? He had the longest punt return of the season so far for Green Bay tonight, a uh, return of 22 yards. So it's back-to-back games here where special teams have been pretty solid, uh, much improved, I should say, for the Packers. So it's a step in the right direction for a unit that has had its struggles all season long. You like to see it coming together here uh, when the timing really matters. Uh, and when the weather is just not easy to do anything uh, in the kicking game, uh, Mason Crosby was solid tonight. So I uh, even adjusted on a, a ball that was sort of mishandled by Bajorquez on one of those field goals. I'm sure the ball was a little slick tonight. And uh, as it came through to his hands, he sort of juggled it. Crosby slowed up his step, was still able to pound a field goal through. So feel pretty good about that operation here after uh, consecutive weeks here where it's, it's gone the right direction for Packers special teams. 
Let's take a uh, final dip inside the locker room. We heard from Adrian Amos. Time to hear from Dean Lowry, Packers defensive lineman, standing by with Larry McCarron in the Packers locker room in a locker room report. Dean, a crazy number that I stumbled on after the game. You guys allowed Minnesota Vikings, a team with Dalvin Cook Mm -hmm. in the backfield, 27 yards rushing. How the yeah. heck does that happen? Uh, that was a huge part of our win, honestly. Um, and he's, he's hurt us in the past, honestly. When they uh, came here last year at Lambeau Field, he had a field day. So that was our big challenge all week to stop Delvin Cook. And we started the game fast. He had a few uh, runs, and we, we shut him down early. And then we forced them to go to more of their passing game in the second half, and that plays into our strength, too. So um, starting, starting the game fast was huge for us and um, just an overall great team win. Dean, what were the keys to doing such a great job against the run because you guys, quite frankly, were coming off a tough game against the yeah. run. Uh, I would say embracing this weather, this element, we think that it plays to our strength as a team. Um, they're, they're a dome team, so they're not quite used to playing in these kind of elements, so that was huge. And just, just being physical at the point of attack. These guys are still a run-first team, and we knew if everyone played their gap and just played physical football that they couldn't do uh, too much in the run game. So um, that was just a great start to the game doing that. Now in your spare time, you also batted down a pass. <laughs> And I think, I may be wrong, I'm just thinking, it might be the fourth time this year you batter one down. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a career high. And afterwards, I had to give my uh, Matambo celebration there, too, so that's kind of my thing. But um, that, that's also big, too, because if we can get uh, tip passes, that slows down their offense and stops the clock. So it's really, I think, as valuable as sacks doing that. So that was a nice play, too. You know, when you talk about batting down passes at the line of scrimmage or beyond, I mean, it's about penetration and then awareness, right. isn't it? Absolutely. I think it's also film study, too, uh, knowing how the O-line will protect you, um, knowing where the center is going to go, and also having an awareness on the quarterback if it's three-step or five-step. So just a lot, of, a lot of film study goes into that and also just kind of translating it into the game and executing it. How does that number one seed feel? Oh, it feels great uh, to have this three years in a row. And obviously the past two years haven't gone as, as we wanted, but we know this year um, we have a, a special team and um, to have to make teams come through Lambeau and the weather we think we have um, we're sitting good right now it's Packers defensive lineman Dean Lowry with Larry McCarron one final look around the league and it is presented by Cousin Subs Cousin Subs we believe in better it was a wild day full of games no Saturday games they'll come back here in the final week of the season no Thursday night football either so we had a uh, Whole slate of games here on Sunday afternoon and evening. Let's start with an early game that went down to the wire that the Ravens were leading the Rams for the bulk of the day in Baltimore before Matthew Stafford came up with some late game heroics. Takes the snap, rolls right, hitches, throws, caught front pylon, OBJ, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown LA! Odell Beckham Jr. gives the Rams their first lead with 57 seconds remaining. Rams Radio Network from Los Angeles with the call. Yeah, gave them a lead. They got, went for two, did not make it, but held on to win 20-19. to 19. Now, The win's significant for the Rams. They now have that first place, not all to themselves, but they're right there to win the NFC West Division title with the victory. So they are deadlocked with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry, a one-game lead over the Arizona Cardinals with just a game to play. So the Rams are 12-4. and The Arizona Cardinals improve to 11-5 and with a victory over the Dallas Cowboys, a victory that also allowed Green Bay to lock down the number one seed in the NFC after they throttled Minnesota here at Lambeau Field. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 
Another game that went down to the wire. They were trailing the New York Jets for the bulk of the game in East Rutherford, New Jersey, before Tom Brady pulled to Tom Brady. Brady looking, cocks the arm, throws toward the end zone, receiver open, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, touchdown Tampa Bay, Buccaneers take the lead for the first time of the game. Grayson makes the catch in the end zone. Buccaneers lead, 26-24, Tom Brady, you're terrific. Gene Deckerhoff with the call in 28-24 was the final. Antonio Brown pulled off half of his clothing mid-drive. He was on the sidelines and left the stadium. He was gone, upset about something, still not exactly sure what. Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians said after the game that his time is done in Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown is no longer a member of the Buccaneers, who improved to 12-4. So the way the divisions stack up going into the final week of the regular season. Now the Bills and Patriots both earned a win today. They are deadlocked atop the AFC East with records of 10-6. and six. We'll see what happens. It could come down to the final week or will come down to the final week of the regular season to determine a winner of that division. The Bengals with an upset win today over the Kansas City Chiefs. 34-31 the final a significant win here for the Bengals, who improved to 10-6. and six. They have now clinched the AFC North Division with a game to play. Baltimore, as we played earlier, fell to the Los Angeles Rams. Their record drops to 8-6. and six. Top seed in the AFC currently belongs to the Tennessee Titans, who pick up a big win today over Miami. 11-5 now, the Titans' record. Chiefs also sitting at 11-5 following the loss earlier today. Dallas Cowboys losing to the Arizona Cardinals. It does not affect their division status. They still lead the NFC East division with a record of 11-5. and However, they're not able to catch the Green Bay Packers here for supremacy in the NFC. So Dallas could be at best the number two seed in the playoff race. Philadelphia Eagles also picking up a win today. They're a playoff team. Green Bay's win over Minnesota eliminates the Vikings and opens the door for Philadelphia to enter the playoff mix. Vikings fall to 7-9 with the loss here at Lambeau Field. It's the Buccaneers leading their division. Rams and Cardinals will battle it out next week. Not against each other, but they'll battle it out to see who wins the NFC West division. So it'll be some drama here from the final week of the regular season. Not for the Packers, however. They close out the Vikings 37-10 to lock out that number one seed. A meaningless football game? Yeah, you could call it that. Not a gimme against the Lions, but it is a meaningless game in terms of the Packers' playoff position. We'll wrap up Packers OT with some final thoughts after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. I do. I think that there's there's a lot of good in it. Having two weeks off is not, you know, it's, it's to each his own, but I wouldn't want to do that. So I would want to play next week at least some. So we'll see the, the plan we come up with, but I'm planning on, uh, I'm definitely going to prepare to go out there and play. It's more like three weeks off if you consider the lead up. I guess it's, uh, you know, practice time that leads you up to the game against Detroit. And then it's a week off and yeah, who knows, but really it's it's up to Matt LaFleur how long Devontae Adams plays, how long Aaron Rodgers plays, if they play uh, in that final week of the regular season against the Detroit Lions. A meaningless game in terms of the Packers' playoff positioning, um, but it's still a game, and it's on the schedule, and it has to be played. So how do you approach it here if you are Matt LaFleur? That will be the question, and a debated one, no doubt as uh, we go throughout the course of the week. 37-10 the final. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You know, some of the numbers from tonight's game are staggering. You, you go into tonight's game thinking, boy, you just got to stop Dalvin Cook. If you can find a way to slow down Dalvin Cook, 
you're not thinking that Sean Mannion's going to have a lot of success in the air, even though Justin Jefferson is a ridiculous talent. Well, Jefferson didn't really pop off today, 6 for 58. He's targeted 11 times. He's always going to be a high-volume target sort of receiver, but the inability for the Vikings to push the ball deep, it really hampered their offense tonight. The Packers could commit extra bodies to the box, uh, the first and second level. Uh, They dared the Vikings to pass on them. They loaded up the box. They took Dalvin Cook out of the game. Nine carries for 13 yards for Dalvin Cook. That's the kind of impact Kirk Cousins does have on this team, his ability to push the ball down the field. He's a much more accurate quarterback, a much better quarterback than Sean Mannion. So uh, that is stating the obvious. But uh, you could see what the quarterback does to the Minnesota offense. They, they had nowhere to go today here in Green Bay. So it was an impressive performance by the defense. The offense turned out over 400 yards. They, really, they, they doubled up the Vikings in terms of offensive output and darn near doubled them up in terms of time of possession did the Green Bay Packers. So uh, this was about as complete a victory as we've seen the Packers have this season. And it came at the right time, a time where you needed to knock off a division opponent to lock down the number one seed. Mission accomplished. Everybody who started today's game came out healthy, as far as we know. Nobody left the field, uh, except an official in the first quarter, but neither here nor there. Aaron Rodgers finishing the day 29-38 of 38 for 288 yards and two touchdowns. A.J. Dillon found the end zone twice. Devontae Adams uh, just in another incredible performance for him. 11 receptions, 136 yards, and a score. We are off for a week. I will be back next week. I don't rest. I won't be sitting down next week. No way. I'm back in after the Packers and Lions join us for Packers OT. After that, it is playoff time. There will be football games at Lambeau Field coming up in January. I want to thank all those for being a part of our program tonight. Thank you as well. Join us next week on another presentation of the Packers Radio Network.